You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Mason Stiver. Hey, Mike. Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. David Hall. Hello, guys. Greg Hectus. What up, boys? Hey, welcome, guys. All right, well, no guests tonight, but we have a ton of topics, especially hardware. Uh, But before we get into the topics, let's talk about iRacers Lounge does sponsor the Old Bastards Racing League Monday Night ARCA Series. Uh, They had an exciting race at Bristol with 32 cars starting the event. With Michael Schuer getting the pole, Dog, Doug Conroe gained 26 positions to win the hard charger. ARCA professional driver Kevin Pearson led 42 laps, sustaining 11 lead changes to win by 1.22 seconds over Jeff Gilmore, with Texan Joel Kilborn finishing third. Six drivers are competing in the next playoff round at Lucas Oil Raceway next week for a shot at the Final Four, which will be at USA on November 26. Professional podcaster Tony Groves had a great race at Bristol, starting 15th and finishing 12th on the lead lap. Chris Scales had issues finishing 25th. Yeah, holy cow, I, I couldn't believe I, I finished the race, let alone, you know, on the lead lap. Um, like I said last week, I've I, I've never raced uh, Bristol before, and I was extremely nervous going in. Um, but, uh, you know, after, you know, say about, 20 minutes, a half an hour of practicing. I actually kind of felt at home there. It actually, the car was uh, working really well for me going around the track. And obviously I wasn't the fastest, nowhere near. Um, but I was I was uh, able to keep the, the car fairly clean. I would have had um, no incident points either, but I ended up getting, uh, I got to believe it was a bit of net code because um, I, I could have swore I missed that wreck. But uh it tagged me for a four X anyhow, but um, super happy with the uh, with, with with my run. Man, I was I was flying high that night. Just short tracks are definitely not my thing, but um, I'm starting to have a lot of fun with them, especially with these guys here. Yeah, and I know you were concerned about the going into that track, but it sounds like a good run. So good deal, good deal. Where do they race next, Tony? Uh, next is, um, Lucas Oil Raceway. Which is, uh, IRP? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Um. Nice. Yeah, that's the Indy, Indianapolis track, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I know Chris and I have, have done some racing in the trucks on that track. I, I always forget about it, but as soon as I load it up, I'm like, oh yeah, this place. And I, generally, I, I really like that track, so I hope to... Um, you know, have a good finish there next week. Yeah, I haven't run that in a long time. I, my memories of it was when it first came out, people were riding the fence to, and going faster than you could if you didn't ride the fence. And they make, finally made it where you couldn't do that somehow. They made a change to it. All right, well, let's jump into topics. Uh, Mason Stiver, what do you got first? Alright, first up, we have an MRN radio host on iRacing. It is Mike Bagley, uh, the Bagman. 
Um, he was racing at Talladega in the cup cars, and he had a nice little wreck. He spun the leader. Um, it's posted on Twitter, and uh, he said he turned him by accident, and he was, you could see his telemetry there. He was out of the gas a little bit, but still hooked him. So it's, it's I think it's pretty awesome that uh, we got some MRN radio hosts on iRacing. Yeah, how about that? You never th- knew that they actually drove, huh? I suppose it's uh, not a big stretch, but... You know, it would be really interesting to see if how he would announce one of these races, like get in with um, Rudy or something and do one of those announcing. Because he, he's really good on MRN. That would be cool if MRN did, like, the Peak series and they announced it like a real NASCAR race. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I also I was reading the comments down there, and he... Um... The Super Speedway series that I'm in invited him to come race, and he said he might do that. Nice. Yeah, I had no idea that he was on iRacing, but he obviously he shows a picture of the uh, incident at Talladega in the corners. He's in second on the bottom. The leader's ahead of him sideways, and he, he somehow got the leader uh, turned, and uh, he saw did hashtag my bad. This is his second time actually around uh, iRacing. Um, I'm quite an MRN fam in the mornings. Well, actually, Sirius XM Radio. He's on the morning drive there with Pete Pistoni. And, yeah, he talks about it sometimes even on the show there. Yeah. Well, all right, Bagman. We'll see you on the track. Uh, Tony Groves, what's next? Uh, it's got uh, Mazda's virtual to reality driver, Glenn McGee. Yeah, I did say that, right? Glenn McGee put up a uh, a tweet uh, saying he'll be racing in the 2018 Globa, Global Mazda MX-5 Cup Challenge, fighting for $80,000 with iRacing. Um, looked like it was his main sponsor right on the, right yeah, on the hood. Yeah, main sponsor. Yeah, so he's going to be you know, going up against pro champs uh, Andy Lally. Um, now, did this race already happen? Because... We got some information here that he placed in top 10. Yes, it was November 10th, I believe. Okay. Boy. <laughs> yeah, so, well, he made a made top 10 after a shift mistake on lap one and had to come through the pack. Um, the paint looks good. I mean, the, the sponsor and, and whatnot. And it's cool to see iRacing actually sponsoring him uh, in this event. So, cool. It's good exposure. The, you know, the, those cars are you know really popular on here. Yep. Yeah. Be such a cool experience to do that for sure. Yep. All right, David Hall, what you got next? Black so we Friday. talked about it last week, but yes, the Black Friday sales are still out. Uh, 50, 50% off for new members, 30% off for current members. Um, and they're going to be doing some more promos towards the end of the year. Somebody mentioned that there was an iRacer complaining that a Cyber Monday deal for $100 credit for $75 came out on Cyber Monday. And so they're waiting till the last second. But if you do the math, you right, that's actually $5 less savings. Um, but either way, I guess some people like having a little bit more freedom on what they spend it on rather than just the subscription. Also, Doug Hunt Jr., uh, a member of iRacing staff, put out a notice that there won't be any double dipping on the deals. So if you take if you take the subscription renewal, you won't be able to do the Cyber Monday deal if they do one. 
Okay. Why, why would they make that decision where you can double dip? Because if they do that Cyber Monday deal, it's a different thing. They're kind of just taking their money out of their own pockets, aren't they? I think the, what the guy, what happened before, what the guy in the forum post was saying is, if you bought the deal on Monday where you spent no, $75 and they gave you $100 of credit, then you could turn around and take that $100 credit and get the the two-year renewal promo for 30% off as well. And so Doug Hunt is saying, nope, you won't be able to do that this year, so don't even try it. Okay, that makes sense now. Well, could that also be that they're not going to have that um, right at you know Cyber Monday? Well, that's the other way to read this, is there isn't going to be a deal on Cyber Monday, and that's why Doug Hunt is saying, don't wait, just do it now. When's the and the deal? Sorry, the deal does close on Sunday, not Monday. Okay. Well, there you go. So then it makes it impossible if it closes on Sunday. So there's no overlap. So apparently there was an overlap in the previous years, and there was that loophole, but not anymore. All right, uh, Greg, you're next. Christopher Bell is on iRacing again. So it looks like he's been preparing himself for the, you know, his championship weekend, I guess, for Miami. So he's been practicing on the track, and it's really good to see uh, him con consistently posting, you know, every week. these things. <laughs> every week he's got something. And, you know, I watched the uh, the last race at Phoenix there that they, he did. He uh, That was a really good race and a, st a strategic race by him to get that win to get him to move on. So... You know, I'll be cheering for him for the Xfinity. He's been uh, doing a hell of a job this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm cheering for him too. And uh, he's a big, big promoter of iRacing, obviously. Um, he's using it. Um, you you got to wonder, is he on the payroll? Is that why he's tweeting once a week about it? Uh, is there some kind of contract in place? Is there some kind of sponsorship? I don't think so. I mean, if if you read between the lines, we've been watching this all year. I think he does it because he's telling us the truth. I mean, he's actually spending his evenings, you know, running laps, trying to get ready for this championship. Well, isn't his Dirt Midget sponsored by iRacing? Well, that's true. Maybe that's part of it. And uh, in the comment section there, Kyle Larson was responding to him, saying, just put it on the boards like you did when you made the Outlaws look silly at Eldora. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Burn. All right, very good. Uh, I got the next one. Uh, iRacing and R&R Racewear have announced a huge sale. All the iRacing merchandise will be 20% off starting Tuesday the 13th, and the sale will run until midnight the 18th, which is Sunday. Okay, and so the w website is r-rracewear.com. And so when you go to that website, you'll see that I, you know, we've talked about this before. They have a hoodies, t-shirts, uh, dirt style, regular iRacing style, uh, hats, koozies, uh, bumper sticker or license plate cover, that kind of thing. Kind of like that trucker hat they have there, the blue one. It's a really yeah, nice I hat. do like the trucker hat. Yes. 20 bucks. Yeah. This, this stuff looks really cool. I'm digging their, their collection. The uh, code for the 20% off is iRacing20, all one word, two zero on the end. 
It's a good deal. It is. So if you guys ever wanted iRacing merchandise, Black Friday. Uh, I think that'll be a theme going throughout the podcast. Uh, Tony Groves, what's next? Well, looks like uh, iRacing has been uh, saving lives. Um, Yes, Tyler Hudson commented on a post by Tim Rangers saying how iRacing helped him with reaction time to, to drive through a flood. Yeah, it's an interesting story. We've heard about these kind of things before on the podcast where somebody says, I was going to run off the road and I didn't because of my skills I've developed, you know, in the sim. And this is another such post. And so it's always cool to see these stories. In this case, it was a uh, a damp, dark road, a long, gentle left bend between a parking lot and a bright stoplight about 600 yards away. I uh, I had looked all the way to the stoplight going into the darkness all clear. I then glanced at the side view to the car behind, just a quick check of position. I heard my daughter take a very sharp breath, that sound of, oh shit, as soon as my eyes shifted back, there was a deer, maybe 30 feet away and closing fast. Just as I was noticing that I was strolling very casually, my 9 o'clock hand was already starting for the other lane. I haven't even turned my face back yet. And so he goes on to say that he uh, switched lanes quickly without turning the car and was able to uh, not hit the deer. Now this begs the question, I've seen a lot of these stories now. Have any of you guys had any, you know, feel that it's made your reaction time behind the wheel better? Yeah, especially um, I had a situation where I almost missed an exit going down a freeway in Tennessee and it was a one of those 270 degree turn slow down to 25 mile and exit exits and I had it way too fast but I knew not to slam on the brakes and just kind of trail brake actually and and keep it under control and made made the turn safely yeah I think it's taught me to look ahead more and take in you know a further sight picture that's farther away of cars, not just directly in front of you, but ahead of them, too. Yeah, this morning on the way to work on the interstate, um, they had a cop pulled off to the side, so everyone's merging into the left lane and, you know, just not staying on the person in front of me, not staying so close and looking ahead was definitely important. Mine's actually the opposite. My my real-life driving experiences actually helped me out on iRacing, especially for, for wreck avoidance. <laughs> Well, that's because you drive in uh, Canada, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I started riding motorcycles when I was, you know, 18 and then started driving truck 10 10 or so years ago and go to skid school and all that fun stuff. Um, By the way, I suggest for anybody driving driving a rig to to do the skid school, you learn a lot. And it's, I had a freaking blast. I second that. I did that same same thing. That is, it is a time and a half just to do that skid. Just that it's it's worth all the money to, for it too. Oh yeah, it saved my life we a just, few times. Here in the south, we just whenever there's an ice storm, we go find a big parking lot and just do no nuts. Can't do that here in Phoenix, but uh, 
All right, David Hall, you're next. Uh, this is a timely one for you because you just got a new router. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember you all saying something about the router, but my my old Netgear had constantly been dropping the Wi-Fi signal. It's just, it was a very old, old router. So I, I went and looked at Best Buy at the different options and just decided to go ahead and go with Netgear again. I ran a race earlier in NIS and made it to 20 laps to go uh, with no problems. And it seems to be running fine for me. But the post is... Uh, concerning Netgear, Netgear's router issues, they're still working on it. They think it might have something to do with the DD-WRT firmware. And well, actually, they're no, hoping to fix the, the fix. issues soon. That's actually the fix, is to install the that firmware. Ah, okay. I see. And yeah, possibly. I didn't read it very clearly. Possibly the DD-WRT will help fix the issues. And on the actual post, the guy throws out some more technical technical babble about network uh, nomenclature that that's a little over my head um, but I'm it's anecdotal but mine works yeah and you know again it's not all Netgear routers it's only specific ones and and whatnot but uh, you know there has been people apparently that have installed DDWRT now if you don't know what that is Google DDWRT, and what it is is it's a third-party open-source uh, firmware for routers. And so, uh, several years ago, there was a you know a lot of distrust in the router community uh, because of spyware, you know, the government spying and this and that. And so, this software developed as a response to that. And so, what you do is you just flash these routers with this other firmware that's open source and then you know what you're dealing with you know you're not being spied on and whatnot so anyway apparently people have you done that and installed w or ddwrt onto some network netgear routers that were having the problem and it fixed the problem so so it has something to do with netgear's uh software firmware that they're running on these routers and so uh, anyway it's good to hear that yours is working Yeah, I didn't toss out the old one just in case something weird happened. Yep. All right, Greg, you're next. Actually, Mike, do you want to take this one here? Because you know more about this Australian server stuff than... Uh... Well, no, I meant the next one. Uh, hosted sessions. Oh, sorry. Never mind, I went one too far. Sorry. Um, so, hosted sessions. Um, I guess it's talking about the hosted sessions... Um, and I missed skip this one. I'm sorry, guys. Um, well, what what this one is is it's just a, a interesting tidbit from Tyler Hudson that says the sporting code is in effect if you're in a hosted server, and that you can be protested in a hosted server. The only reason way you can't be protested is if that hosted server specifically states the sporting code is not in effect. Now, if it doesn't say that in the description of the hosted server, then you can be protested in a hosted server, regardless of who's hosting it and whatnot. Actually, password protected also automatically disables the sporting code. There you go. That's weird, because you should still be, you know, even if it was password protected, that's just to keep, you know, the certain people you want in there. It still should be. But I guess you're giving out, you're wanting certain people to be in it. You're giving out that password. You're... Trusting them, I guess. 
Well, and, and you have the decision to remove them too. Yeah, if you're giving out your own password, that meant you're in position to police it because you can ban them yourselves. So, yeah, I didn't know if everybody knew that. Uh, I think a lot of people assume that you can only get protested from official racing, but you can in hosted as well. All right, I'll take this next one. Yeah, the Australian server issues. Uh, it's not really Australian server issue. It's really, it should be called the communication path between Australia and our new uh, data hub or data center in Boston. And uh, as we talked about in previous weeks, there's a communication problem because the ISP that Australia uses, uh, it doesn't communicate very well with the ISP that we're using in the United States. So that's what it boils down to. And um, this new information this week is Telstra has not responded to our ISP's inquiries about their odd routing advertisement for that IP block. Our ISP will not accept transit from the intermediate provider that happens to avoid the hairpin bottleneck that is inflicting the additional latency, as, there, as that provider is not of a high enough quality. The IP block that we use comes from our ISP, and accepting transit through that immediate provider will negatively impact our ISP's other customers that are in that same IP block. And so that's the problem is that provider over there is not a high enough quality that they'll they'll route through them or something like that. And so here's what we're going to do about it, says iRacing. We're in the process of trying to up, op, obtain our own IP block. Reading ahead, I'm going to paraphrase here. And so we have to buy those on the open market because those blocks are no longer available. But once we have our own IP space, our ISP is willing to try to make the network changes that would allow us to accept transit from that other provider. And so the thing on the Australian side isn't going to change, it sounds like. And so the fix is, you know, we're going to find our own public IPs and we're going to own those and then we're, our ISP is going to change their rules that affect that entire IP block that we're going to purchase with hard cold cash and then it'll all work and so they're going through a lot to fix this problem they're actually spending money uh, on it that's what I was going to say you should definitely be feeling the love from iRacing if you heard that you know and think that you're you're having trouble yeah if you're in Australia and you're listening to this yeah, they're trying. Obviously, they're trying real hard. They're coming up with some very unique ideas to fix the problem, and I think this might work. So, yeah, that is a very complicated uh, story. Uh, Mason, what's next? All right, looks like we have the uh, iRacing Pro Series, the Road to Pro Series with the B cars now. Um, they were at Atlanta this past week, and uh, I think the uh, bottom split guys were broadcasting the race on Twitch. Um, Tyler Hudson hopped in and uh, said, why couldn't you guys be on YouTube? Sheesh. Yeah, if, if you guys haven't uh, watched any of these, um, <laughs> these guys are absolutely hilarious. They're They're a complete riot, and I definitely recommend checking them out 
um, you know, for the bottom split of America, um, which I, I happen to drive in quite a bit and they just rip all of us apart. Um, and, and they just have a ton of fun doing it. It's, it's, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. And now that the NIS is over, they're going to do the pro series. And I did watch most of this on, uh, this Atlanta race. Cause I wanted to see, uh, uh, one of one of our friends, John Hammer, is involved as a crew chief with one of the drivers in this series, and wanted to see what they were doing and how they were doing. And it was like you said, it, very fun to watch. It's not a traditional broadcast because these guys are joking. I mean, they are covering what's going on, but they're they're having a good time doing it. I think was it Garrett Lowe who won that race? Uh, yeah, I do believe so. It's weird that uh, they just don't um, create their own YouTube page, too, for it, like for this bottom split, because, you know, the one downside to Twitch is they only keep videos up for so long and then they, they disappear, whereas YouTube will hold it. You know, you can go back and watch stuff for, you know, from months on, months ago. So it wouldn't take them much to link the same thing at the same, or to uh, have them both being broadcasted on, on YouTube and Twitch. It's pretty easy. I have to say I'm a little surprised that iRacing isn't broadcasting it themselves. Yep. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk, you know, in the upcoming months uh, to the, before this started about who was going to broadcast it. And there was certain some chatter about it, but you're right. iRacing never did step up and say this is going to what we're, you know, what we're going to do. But uh, these guys are covering it. And it was fun to watch. I, I definitely uh, encourage people to check it out. It kind of seems like I or iRacing is, you know, taking a back seat with this one. They're not really promoting it much. It's a closed series. It's only forty people. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It is a little bit weird considering it's the feeder. Okay, Tony Groves, you're next. Yeah. So <laughs> the the title of this one is Noah Gregson and the and the old bastards. Well. I know Noah Gregson isn't uh, isn't an old bastard, not by any means. But no. I guess when you're Noah Gregson, you you do get a free pass. Um, so the boys at the old you know old bastards racing league were racing the trucks at Homestead in Miami, and uh, Noah showed up and uh, decided to race with the guys. And uh, um, I didn't get to see any of that because there's no broadcasting and didn't even know about it, to be honest with you, but, uh, how cool is that, right. man? Well, that, that is absolutely awesome. Um, you know, they, they posted a picture of the, of, of the, the, the finals, how, how they all placed. That's what I was looking for. And, uh, yeah, a couple of guys were even able to, to get out in front of Noah and, and uh, show them the old guys, uh, you know, still have it. Yeah, it looks like Noah finished fourth, 19 seconds back from the leader. But that is so cool. And so that's twice now. We heard Christopher Bell, who's going for a championship this weekend, uh, using iRacing to get ready. And here's Noah Gregson, who's also going for a championship this weekend. Uh, you know, he hooks up with OBRL and, uh, you know, runs trucks at Homestead to help him get ready. And uh, that is so cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a great place to do it because those guys, you know, they, they run so hard. 
um, you know, as you can tell, like Noah's able to get a fourth place finish out of those guys. Like they're, they're fast, they're clean. Um, yeah, that, that should help prepare them for, for this week. Okay. I'm going to take this next one. Uh, this was a, a late addition to the uh, script. This came in like an hour or two ago. I think Mason, you found this, uh, NASCAR actually put out a, a series of videos that were an interview with Steve Phelps, who's the new president of NASCAR. And um, one of the videos was specific about esports and iRacing, is what the, the title. And so he said there's an opportunity uh, exists to create a true esports league. He explains uh, that the console and iRacing together approach. Uh, it's, it's the idea is to reach uh, the most amount of people. And what he's referring to is the NASCAR Heat console game that they're promoting at the tracks to, to the fans and different things. Uh, and then in addition to that, iRacing as well. We've always asked, why, why are they doing that two-prong approach? And he was trying to answer that question in this video by saying, look, I mean, the console approach, you'll just reach more eyeballs. You get more people, uh, the young people who are into that kind of thing, um, you know, they'll pick it up for the first time and, and get some interest. And that's kind of his approach is it just to get out to the most amount of people. It's a touch point. Uh, and yeah, it's awesome he, that, that we got the president talking about that. It, oh, the, the president of NASCAR is talking about iRacing and eSports. That's, that is huge. You know, you think well, he's he has bigger things to do. He's acknowledging, you know, the fact that there are drivers using it. And gaming is a part of of young culture and the younger demographic. And they need that younger demographic. And we had, what, was the F1 guys were talking about it the other week? Yeah. Yeah, they're competing against it, was what the Ferrari boss was saying. Uh, another quote here. uh I'll read, in racing, in iRacing, it is a phenomenal product, Steve Phelps says. You know it is special when your own drivers are using it as a development tool. Or you look at it as a tool to get a young per person participating without spending so much money in a real car situation. We have our own leagues in iRacing. We have a series director now. It gives opportunity to put people in the sport like William Byron. And so that's... Uh, some of the quotes and stuff that he was talking about on that video uh, at NASCAR's uh, YouTube page. Uh, check that out. That's yeah, kind of cool to see how NASCAR is embracing it, whereas F1 was talking about competing against it. Yeah, a few, um, a few years ago, I actually did the Richard Petty driving experience at Memphis, and I'd never really been in a race car before, and I had, but I had been sim driving for a long time. And other, I mean, it wasn't terribly hot that day, but other than actually feeling the G-forces, once I really got into, into driving, it all really basically felt the same as if I was still sitting in my living room. I had gotten so accustomed to how a stock car handles. Yeah. All right, let's do a couple housekeeping uh, stories before we jump into hardware software where we got a bunch. Uh, David, you went and met teammate Chris and Samantha the other day. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, I 
my family lives over on the other side of Arkansas. Um, it was my niece's birthday, uh, but um, I, me and my brother actually got to go up to a local restaurant slash bar, and he watched the Ole Miss game while me and Chris and his wife got to meet. It was a it was a nice experience. I've gotten to meet several of um, my online online racing friends before. Um, in fact, that's how I go get to go see the Martinsville races as well. Well, that's pretty cool. I've never uh, well. I have met a couple iRacers in real life here in the Phoenix area, but it's very rare to do that. Usually you don't ever meet your teammates. Kind of odd. Well, there's some funny coincidences since I've hopped on here on the team. Um, Chris is one of the only Arkansas people I know that do iRacing, and I'm sure some others will probably shout out to me, but it's just not as it's just not as popular around here. And then we actually have, this is kind of crazy, but on this team we have two mute band directors. Yeah, two band directors, and we have two cops. And then we got a bunch of truck drivers, too. Okay, uh, next is here at Tafosi Racing, we still have positions open for social media manager and league manager. Uh, set up specialist skills are a major bonus. Greg, tell us what we're looking for here. Uh, we're looking for... Anybody that's going to, you know, that is is really active on Twitter that could help us out on our account because uh, Will used to do that and obviously he's stepped away for a little while here. And a lot of us, you know, I don't have time to follow the account a lot. And, you know, we were really trying to get into the social aspect or media aspect of it um, with Twitter. And we've been really updating our Tafosi page recently. And we just want to have somebody that's, you know, really knows what they're doing that can follow and, and use a, a certain skill. Because there's a, there's a skill to, to using Twitter and, and getting stuff out and using the Facebook pages and all that stuff. So we're just looking for that. Uh, league manager, we want to start, have our own league, but there's a lot of us just, you know, don't have enough time either as well. So we're looking for that, someone to run that. Um, and then like Mike said, if anybody has, you know, set up specialist skills, like setting up and helping with the team and doing testing and stuff is a bonus. So anybody out there that's interested, we really could, could use you. Yeah. You could just message us at Facebook, uh, on Facebook at Tafosi racing or Twitter either way. All right. And then next is, uh, at, we continue to tell the story about, um, Scott. Kulovic from KMA Racing or Kiss My Ass Racing. Uh, they run a great uh, league over there. He had a open heart surgery and he still is having a GoFundMe page. They're having that benefit race coming up soon. Uh, if you guys want to get involved and help Scott, get involved in that race. It's going to be December 1st. And so that's coming up. Uh, go to the Facebook page, search uh, KMA Racing. Uh, also, Chris Hogue. Uh, over there also had a stroke and he's needing prayers. I do not have an update on Chris. I hope he's doing well. All right, let's jump to hardware software. Mason, you got the first one. Yeah, it looks like we got an Instagram post from Hybrid Racing Simulations of their new wheel. It's a Momo wheel. Um, it's kind of like a three-quarter U-shaped wheel with all sorts of buttons looks like it has an led light bar on there um and they uh they're their prototypes a picture of their prototypes so they're making a new wheel wow 
That looks nice. I mean, it looks like a proper wheel. I mean, you would need know it's a sim wheel. Looks like it's got dual clutch. I want to know if... I see the light bar. I wonder if that dash has anything you can put in it, like any telemetry stuff. Or whatever's going to be on that dash. Yeah. Now, if you go to their website, which is hrsims.com, you'll see the other wheels that they've done in the past that are kind of similar. And, and in fact, it does have a little track map on the little dash on the one on their front page. So maybe it does have a display. Yeah, I just brought that up. It looks really, that looks really cool. Now, these guys are out of Australia. So, uh, but I follow them on the Instagram because they have some, like you can see here, some amazing products. And, uh, of course, there's no price. It is it's just a prototype. But, boy, it does look sweet. Yeah, it looks like quality workmanship. All right, Tony Groves, and, uh, another Black Friday deal. Yeah, another Black Friday deal um, put on by Samsung for their Odyssey Plus. Uh, looks like they, they got it advertised for 300 bucks. 300 um, bucks. Is that a good deal? Cause I don't yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, sorry to all you Canadians. It's probably like $17 million, but uh, everybody south of the border, that's a damn good deal. I think it is. I'm trying to find the regular price now. You have to go to Samsung.com. 500. Uh, 500. Okay, so that's 200 off. That's pretty good. And deal begins on the 18th. And yeah, unrelated, uh, Samsung has also has some great deals on some uh, Galaxy phones if you're into Android phones. That's some really good prices there. But yeah, that Odyssey Plus, man, two ninety nine ninety nine, forty percent off. Now it starts on the eighteenth. If you're interested in um, in goggles, you know that's one of them to get right now. All right, uh, David Hall, what's next? We have an Actiforce Black Friday deal. They're dropping their Actiforce Pro Complete down to $9.99, and the Your Way model is down to $6.99, and it does not require a promo code. Uh, I can't really get to the actual site. The link When I go to the link, it's telling me that it's members only, so I haven't, can't really get a good look at the pictures. Holy cow. I've been drooling over this all week, guys. I, I, everyone I talked to, I was like, man, you know about this sale? And if I didn't have some credit card debt because of my new computer, I would have bought this already. Uh, I've been always had my eye on this particular wheel. And for it to go below a thousand bucks, I mean, that's a trigger point for me. Now, why? Uh, speculation on the forums is maybe there's a V3 uh, coming out, like a new version, and so maybe that's why they lowered the price to and, and it did say while supp supplies last and so maybe that's another clue that um, and it has been a long time since they, they've released this product uh, they might be due for another version So they've You know, I'm in the, the market I'm Go in the ahead. market for a new wheel pretty soon, and so what could you say that puts this over, say, the uh, Fanatec uh, direct drive? Well, you should read that article that, uh, who was it that wrote that one that was at the uh, 
event Brian. for Fan Attack, Brian. Yeah, there's a review a few weeks ago, months ago, uh, uh, where a comparison between this one, the DD1 and DD2, the new Fanatec ones, and the other, uh, like SimCube and the other direct drive wheels. And the comparisons are fairly equal, would be the answer, between the various products as far as, you know, torque and uh, different specs and that kind of thing. So it all comes down to really preference and software and that kind of thing. I think the one thing about this product is it comes with the Sim Vibe software, which is what makes the force feedback work. But Sim Vibe software also works for butt kickers if you want to do a butt kicker and that kind of thing. And so that's something that you know you could make a dual purpose of. Uh, and then the wheel itself that actually comes with it in the $1,000 package, it's a round NASCAR-style wheel that kind of mimics uh, the look of a Max Pappas wheel. It's got buttons and, uh, you know, paddles for shifting. It's got several nice buttons that are built in right in the wheel. And that's another thing I like, too. The the one difference, else, David, to the... You get the only the one type of wheel that you get with the AccuForces, whereas Fanatec always has their whole library of wheels that you can rims that you can add to it. That's the difference with the, you know, the direct drive's got all the possibilities of the, all their rims and stuff to add to it. The AccuForce is pretty limited unless you go to the custom market where people have made stuff for it. There's adapters where you can put a Fanatec on or a Max Pappas on this. There definitely are adapters available. So uh, I don't think that's a big deal because of the adapter, but personally, I wouldn't buy more than one rim. I, I would be okay with just this rim. I wouldn't want to change it. Yeah, I'm leaning towards getting the Porsche rim because it's round enough to work for both uh, stock cars and sports cars for me. Yeah, I'm just drooling. I mean, I just can't. I would just love to buy this. I think it's a great wheel. I love it. It's a lower profile. It's not as tall as some of the other direct driver uh, wheels. Um, and and then the software is a major uh, perk, I think, because of the software that is made to go with it. Uh, it really becomes a plug-and-play kind of thing, which is important to me. Uh, the other thing is, for Black Friday, that company, Sim Experience, and you can find this at simexperience.com. There's no E in the word experience. Uh, and if you go there, you'll see their Black Friday pricing uh, that we already mentioned for the wheel, but they also have their motion simulators, which we talked about last week, $200 off regular pricing uh, for any of the motion sims as well. Lots of Black Friday deals. And then the buck kickers are also on sale from them at $75 each, which are 20 bucks off. Yeah, I was drooling. Boy, I would. I'm so tempted. Now, the good thing they said is there. There's no code needed. This is a permanent decrease to pricing. Is the way I read it. So that's why they're um, why people are speculating there might be another software coming or wheel. Yeah, that's part of. And and did somebody in the forum post? Darren Ganji works for this company, and so Darren is the spokesman in the forums for this company. And somebody asked him in the in the forums, "Hey, because it's limited quantities and whatnot, uh, and the price is permanent, 
does this mean we have version three coming? And he answered like all these other then So Darren Ganji answered a bunch of people's questions, but he specifically did not answer that one, but he answered every other question that was presented to him. But, uh, I mean, he just, he kind of gave the whole no comment is the way I read it. He didn't say one way or the other. So, okay, Greg, you're next main performance. So it looks like main performance is having a, a Ubato clearance uh, sale for 35% off till uh, through November 30th. Um, so they're, uh, I guess they distribute, they, they're one of the distributors for Ubato uh, products in the United States. And oh, they're ending, they're actually ending the Ubato products in the United States. So they're clearing it out. And uh, so I guess you got to go at main, main, what's their uh, website? Is it mainperformancepcs.com? Yep. And I, I just looked on there for um, get a cockpit, and they're out of the actual cockpits. They're selling the accessories. Yeah, so they're no longer with Obutto. So that means, guys, you don't know how have a way to buy an Obutto that I know of. That was the only source that I knew of to buy one. Where so are they made at the Abato? Is it... Somewhere in Europe. I don't know. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have an Obato, and I've been happy with it. I didn't like the triple monitor mount, but the actual cockpit, uh, it's been great, you know, and the way it matched up with the sim pedals that main performance PC sold me uh, and the way they're mounted to it, and, you know, there's a place for... The, the keyboard and the steering wheel and everything. It's been a great cockpit. and It's kind of, you know, bittersweet to see Obato's no longer going to be available in the United States, as far as I can see. Okay, Basin, uh, you're next. Bluetooth. Yeah, so um, the company SimAbility, um, they have a load cell prototype for their steering wheel um, adaptive controls. So what they do is they, they put um, a bar and all the, the, set, the hardware that you need to have a gas and a brake on your steering wheel if you uh, wouldn't be able to use pedals. And uh, they got a new prototype out with a GT style ring uh, hand control unit behind it yep it's pretty cool i mean the sim ability has had this wheel for a while but what they do that they added this bluetooth to it so it eliminates the problem with the cabling and and all that crap and when the wheel spins and the cable gets caught up and and so he's got it fixed you know working with bluetooth which is pretty cool yeah that's neat It'd be interesting to see what the if there's any lag time well, it is a prototype. Uh, he said he, I, I watched the video or most of it. He said his son, who is uh, disabled, uh, has already been using it and it's been a, su a success. So. so cool. I mean, if you're into that and you need those kind of products and you probably already know about that company, but they are going to have some Bluetooth capability coming soon. All right, Tony. My favorite motion seat, the GS5, we got a review. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that and I was, uh, I'm certainly not prepared for this one. Um, it's, it is a very in-depth and lengthy review. Um, 
but uh, my candy though to look at oh yeah and i was actually kind of getting a little bit lost here in the pictures because there, there there's a lot to look at and it is very very pretty even yes. so much that i had to scroll right to the top so um this comes from richard mcnaughton and uh He's a he's a GS4 owner, and he was uh, yeah giving his review on the on the GS5. And um, I mean, all you really got to do is look at the first picture. He's got a side by side of both rigs, um, and just from a, a, a visual of a 2D picture, you could tell that they have completely stepped it up. Um, everything looks beefier, bigger, um, more comfortable definitely flashier yeah um, the style and, too yeah yeah and that and he he pretty much goes throughout like if you go through the pictures and stuff and he, he pretty much shows exactly what i just said everything's bigger beefier nicer more comfortable um but uh bait and uh, bottom line is what he said he said said with the gs5 they've just absolutely hit it out of the park yeah, he, yeah, he had a very good review. Uh, the pictures are telling. I mean, the high res pictures of the seat. He takes the thing, the thing apart, and literally shows you all the different pieces and how it's designed. And I mean, he does a very well, a thorough job on this review. I like the picture where he took the padding off of the seat, and you can see the little hydraulic flap mechanisms that are underneath the thing that are actually doing all the work. And you got to look at that picture and imagine those things flapping like a wings, like a bird wing, flapping against your back and your butt and your thighs and pushing against you as you go around the corner. And it kind of simulates a, a G-force. And, and one thing he said about the the, the seat is th the way that the seat is different from a traditional motion cockpit is when you go around a corner in a traditional motion cockpit, it'll it'll shift your butt a little bit when you first initially go around the corner. But if you continue to turn around that corner, it doesn't provide any more feedback besides that initial bump your butt to the to the right or left. Well, with this thing, with this seat, it does provide a constant pressure. That those little pads or those little flaps are going to be pushing against your back and thigh as you complete the entire corner, and only when you get on the straightaway will it release the pressure off of you. That's pretty wild. I'm so jealous. And you wear seat belts real tight to push you into the seat so those you can feel it even more. He said it's really important to wear the belts. Yeah, so it's it's got those flaps and it looks like four of them, two on the on the seat part and then uh two on the backrest, and then it's also moving you with the other actuators as well. Yeah, he's got this motion seat attached to a regular motion rig, so he's got everything. Yeah, I could see why you definitely want to have a have seat belts. <laughs> maybe maybe even a helmet. Might throw you right out if you had it turned up too much. That was the other thing he mentioned too was it's real easy to turn everything up too high and he ended up turning stuff down to a, a low level and that was enough to 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 do the you know, the trick to your mind about what you're and that's all you're trying to do is trick your mind into feeling 
these clues, these vi- these these uh, physical clues of when you hit the rumble strips or you go over a bump or you feel the traction of the rear car or the rear tires given out and you're about to spin out. You you can feel that in your butt, you know, and that's what this does. Well, it's interesting because he's the second person we've had that said that he had to turn everything down. Yep. Well, yeah, uh, so if you're interested in a GS5, you definitely need to find this post to search GS5 review in the forums with a dash between GS and 5. Okay, who's next? David Hall. Rig review. All right. It looks like uh, Donald Sadeski presented his, looks like a handmade rig. Uh, it's got a Fanatec wheel on here. I can't see the pedals very well, but they're probably inverted pedals. He's got triples as well as a fourth monitor up on the top, probably for uh, widgets and, and stuff. Uh, pretty fancy looking rig. I don't think it has motion on it, but it's definitely something for the man cave. Well, what's really cool about this rig is it looks like it's it's a converted old arcade racer uh, right. rig. And... Um, yeah, the, the the guy's done a done a really nice job. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like this one over the you know the fancy schmancy uh, G5, um, just because it's it's got that retro look to it, and I'm kind of a, a geek for those old school. What do you uh, call that stainless steel metal diamond plating. stuff? Diamond plating, like you'd see on a big truck or on an ambulance or a fire truck. That's he's got that everywhere, and that's what makes it really look sharp to me. It's funny he has fans on there as well. The rig is more complete than the basement is. <laughs> well, this ain't the first time we've talked about Donald Sadusky's rig on this podcast. I think we covered this a couple years ago. This is a recent update. Uh, I can't tell. I, I I don't remember what it was different from two years ago, but it does look good, Don. I mean, it man, it. it the dash take a look at the dash and what he's done there guys if you can zoom in on that it's just amazing what the work he's done he's put in well it looks like he's got you know three separate uh button boxes as as well as um you know he's got a a tablet on the side kind of um mount mounted to uh some of that uh diamond plating yeah, it's like permanently mounted, and that's what makes it look so cool, too. And then look at his microphone. He's got like an old-fashioned uh, RCA 44 old-style radio microphone with a with a angle boom just reaching out there. Hey, uh, Tony, does that wheel look uh, familiar to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's absolutely awesome. That you know, it's it's a G29 wheel and it just polishes this thing off. Just perfect. I love he's got, it. He's he spent the money on the Fanatec shifter and then he must obviously like the driving force wheel. Well, he's got some nice GTX card in there it looks like. Computers on the outside of the rig. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see that. But and and then even that metal uh, the diamond plate, even on the backs of the monitors. I mean, just for a look, I guess. Or maybe that's what it's mounted to. I don't know. Well, yeah, it looks like it's just to cover up the wiring and just keep everything looking clean. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, I... it's it's nice detail for sure. All right, cool. Let's uh, nice uh, Sadusky. Uh, next up is David Hall, new Thrustmaster headset. 
Well, I just went on the last one, but here we go, I guess. You oh, want me to take it? you the last one? I'm sorry. Lynn. Greg, you're next. So Thrustmaster looks like they've released uh, a new headset here. Um, first link they open up, so I'm just seeing here it's still open. Uh, Ferrari-based headset. They got a Ferrari livery on it, at least. Um, I'm not familiar... I, I'm not familiar with any of the old Thrustmaster headsets. Um, I've never purchased one or anything from them, but uh, looks kind of. It reminds me of just a base, like you know, ones that uh, the pit boxes are wearing, like you know, a crew chief would wear. Yeah. Yep, it's got a mic boom. It's got the Ferrari red. It's got the Ferrari logo on it. It looks like a nice little headset, you know, um, a simple. Uh, like you said, it looks like something a crew chief would wear, you know, uh, in a Formula One race. It's actually, I think if it's, it actually probably is designed after it. Um, if I'd look at it, just looking at it reminds me of what the actual Ferrari uh, bosses and them wear. Yeah, it's got, it's not USB. It's just got an eighth inch he headphone jack. So uh, pretty straightforward and simple. Doesn't I don't see a price, but it, you can see it at thrustmaster.com. It is on their website. Pretty, All right. It's probably pretty basic because it's not you know it's not very you know high tech Dolby Digital or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I, th I think you almost have to have a USB to have those kind of features and stuff. Okay, we got another rig review, uh, Mason. Yeah, um, Simpit Technologies posted up a picture of their Avenger Pro um, setup for the F1 car. Um, they, it looks like it is kind of a, a curved, almost projection-like screen. I'm not 100% sure, but it says 202 degrees around you. Um, they got they got all the the fancy pedals down there the expensive ones i can't quite tell what kind but they got nice uh just just big screen to look at well i think that's why they call it the avenger pro because that screen is like the hulk of freaking screens it's huge do you see see that dash though i want to know what they've done with that dash what, A what dash. it all is wow yeah it looks almost like almost like pure digital it, it looks um, except for the star trek you know and you're in the star trek uh hole and you're up there in the captain's deck and they have all the electronics behind them it kind of looks like that see the uh, big red button there is that for the self big old kill mode? button for the direct drive <laughs> and then there's the old analog tack but let's describe that screen a little bit Look above the screen and you'll see two projectors. So this is a two projector system, one for the left side, one for the right. And this screen is a half circle screen. Okay, it's probably like four feet tall and maybe, I don't know, eight feet long. And it's kind of laid out in a half circle and uh, with no seams. And so it's amazing that they can make this work with two projectors. Uh, I wonder what kind of video hardware they're using to to take the image and chop it up in a way to make this work. It says it has offers 202, 202 degrees of simultaneous view and same as other systems work with stereoscopic 3D and head tracking. 
Wow. Um, you mentioned moving the screens across two monitors. When I just had, uh, before I got my Rift, I could actually just drag the size of the window across the monitors. So I kind of had a, a single monitor with a little bit of extra space. You could see my driver's side window. Yeah, if you uh, if you look at their website with uh, with the pictures of it, they have uh, a pretty cool picture of like a spaceship, and the whole setup there is just insane too. But um, it's three thousand four hundred fifty New Zealand dollars, I'm assuming that is, um, which translates to about twenty three hundred U.S. dollars. Yep, and that's just the screen, right? That's just the screen part. Yeah. I'm not even sure that includes the projectors. Yeah, I think it's just that screen set up with the the stand that it's on. Yeah, that screen setup is awesome. If you guys want something unique, check that out, man. Avenger 202. That's how you game. <laughs> That's serious, huh? There's a pretty wicked video of Elite Dangerous on there. All right, Tony, you're next. Uh, Simitech. Sibitic. Yeah, so this one, this looks like to be the last cockpit on our list for the day, and we're kind of taking a step back. We've been looking at fancy schmancy ones, um, and this one is a little bit more, uh, we'll call it relaxed. It's a little simpler. Um, there's actually not a whole lot of fancy to this one, except it looks pretty solid, and uh, as well as... It, You've got options to mount just about anything you want to, you know, any type of wheel, um, shifter seat. Um, so it gives you a lot of a lot of options to play around with there. Um, but this one looks like it's only available uh, within the European Union. Yep. But yep. if you are in the European Union, um, it looks to be pretty reasonably priced at uh, 264 euros. Looks like they're. Uh, it's like another competitor for, um, like the sim or uh, sim cockpits. The their basic ones. Yeah, this is a stationary cockpit. It's a place to mount a seat, a wheel, and pedals, and it gives you just that. And it's a real small footprint too. Well, who made that? That uh, the wooden one was that? I can't remember the company that made that. Yeah, there's a lot of these uh, out there. They got the I like the way they show beside the side by side with the car, what's getting the right angle, the way the car sits too, like how they've got the, you know, it's sitting right next to the uh, the Audi. Right. Same driving position and everything. So yeah, if you're in Europe, check it out. The website is S I M E T I K. Well, I don't know if that's the website, but that's what you would search. It's Simitic. Yeah, the, the, the actual website is is Simitic-cockpits.myshopify.com is where you'll find it. You need to get them a URL or something. Okay, the be I just looked at some of the best accessory. You can get your name stickers on the side of it. <laughs> nice. Maybe I just want to order a sticker for this for the sticker. That is cool. It even puts the, your uh, nationality flag next on the sticker too, and you can get one with your number as well. All right, who's next? Uh, FPS. Yeah, I got this one. Um, 
The question might be, is the FPS versus monitor refresh rate, is it better to have basically, what is it, frame lock on or not? Uh, or is it better to have better than 60 FPS when your monitor is only 60 hertz? And basically the answer is yes, because your computer will send signals faster so that the monitor doesn't fluctuate when rendering. This is actually, There's actually a link to a YouTube video on here. And I, I glanced through it, and he's basically showing a different bunch of different examples in various games of how it be behaves differently if you have the refresh lock on or not. Yeah, and it goes into a detailed explanation, too, if you really want to understand how this works. Uh, it's a little bit over my head. I don't even want to try to describe it, to tell you the truth. But they talk about where the frame goes from the GPU into a buffer, and then it goes to the display, and the timing of that. Does it go in and does it wait until it needs to display, like it can go in ahead of time? Or it, does it render it the moment it's available? which can render, uh, which can result in what's called tearing, where there's a tear in the screen, where you're seeing the old frame on the bottom and a newer frame on the top. And so it talks about all this different stuff. And, and so, the, yeah, like you said, the short answer is if you can run more frames per second, it's, it is better visually. And so we were talking about that this week with my new, simp, my new uh, GPU. I actually have had it on limiting for 84 frames a second well in one of my practices i decided to turn it off and when i did it jumped to 364 frames a second and that's with all the graphics and bells and whistles turned on and i think uh tony was telling me hey why don't you turn everything off and see what kind of frames per second you can do and i haven't tried that yet but i might yeah, um, I got a new computer as well and have the, the GTX 1070 Ti, and um, I was very curious about this specific question, and I too had it on locked at 84 frames per second, but now it looks like I'm going to unlock it. Well, my question is, when we do that and we let it just go crazy, are you like burning up the GPU? Are you getting it hotter than it needs to run and those kind of concerns? or? Right. Um, even if I would say if you just, you know, bump it up higher than whatever your hertz on your monitor is, you know, that would be beneficial. Well, Mike, don't you track your temperature? Have you compared the difference when you turn off the, the V-Lock? Yeah, I did. And I do track it. It's, it's sitting right now at 60 because we're not running the sim. It'll go up to 68 or 70 during when I run the sim. But no, it didn't fluctuate at all. That might be the answer to the question. You're not working it harder. I don't think it's working harder either because all you're doing is just stopping it from going to a certain spot. You know, and then visually, I couldn't tell the difference between locking it to 84 and not locking it. I couldn't tell the difference. It's because the human eye can only see 60 frames per second. Or I think it actually is less than that. But, but TV is uh, 30 frames per second. Right, I think the human eye is 24, if I remember right, or something like that. But uh, yeah, Cartoons are 15. Well, there you go. All right, uh, Greg, you're next. The DSD AccuForce wheel panel set. So Derek Spears' uh, design, uh, is, I guess they're making a AccuForce panel, or a panel for the AccuForce uh wheelbases and uh pretty uh, sharp look so they're basing this their new ones here is kind of just like the uh 
the way they have the one for the Fanatec one that sits in behind and mounts to the actual wheel base, so you got it, you know, right at fingers, you know, or fingertips right behind the wheel. It's a really nice, they're really nice designs uh, for this. Got all the buttons, you got switches, you got different types you can, you know, pick from for the panels too as well, which is, you know, really makes it good for the choice for the people that use the uh, AccuForce. Um, now I've been looking at Derek Spears designed um, ones for my Fanatic, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna, you know, quickly, uh, you know, show the wife a picture of it for Christmas time for the uh, Fanatec version of this. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. I mean, I love the idea that you can mount these on either side of your wheel, and they're right there. The only drawback is I probably only want one on one side, not the other. I don't know if you can buy them separately. But uh, it would actually block my fourth monitor where I have my Joe Real timing if I had it on the right side. But maybe I would have to rearrange or something. But uh, they do show an AccuForce uh, version 2 wheel with these uh, mounted on it on the website at DerekSpearsDesigns.com. And, man, it looks good. It, it gives you a, a, you know, if you put it on both sides, it's like having a dash. It's like building a dash for yourself. I think you can only buy one side if you want. Mike, because they have different types of designs if you go to their website for everything. Okay. And, and yeah, I don't know if I need both of them, you know, but. All right, let's uh, keep moving. Uh, in the interest of time, we're going to skip to results here. Let's finish off Phoenix. David Hall, Thursday fixed. You ran and got a P25. Lost track position yeah. early. My wheel came off my desk. Ooh, did you rip it off? And uh, I felt it coming off and immediately kind of recovered and tightened it up. But I had to cut. I had to pull off the track and and fell to the back of the field when I, I qualified very far forward. I don't remember where. Um, yeah, I was just kind of climbing up through the track position, and I had some guy just decide to take me out, uh, racing too hard too early. Oh, okay. And then Friday open. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P12, was running six towards the end of the race, lost connection again, and finished four laps down, but he had a top five car. Tony, you got to get that fixed, that internet. Brent McCoy, P1, he qualified P2. Black flag on lap 78 for passing under the yellow in the top 10. He went a lap down coming out right behind leaders, uh, followed directly behind leaders until uh, time the cautions came out, and lucky dog. Uh, restarted P6, uh, took over the lead with right side tires on lap 131 and held it. Uh, two tires for the win. So good job, Brent. And then Saturday fixed open. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P10, kept the clean clean car all race, stayed the top 10. I uh, went four wide on the final restart with two to go. There was decent clean racing the second half. And then Sunday Open, we had a bunch of you guys run. Tony, uh, you got a P9. You put worst race ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolute shit show. Um, in fact, I've been, I've been, you know, fairly decent finish, but the, the racing sucked. Um, <laughs> I, I ended up uh, getting put a lap down a bunch of times. And, you know, I raced from, you know, from the back to close to the front. I think I was like in P5. Uh, a couple times during that race um and yeah it, it it was just terrible there was there was guys just wrecking one uh one in particular um he was just an 
absolute weapon out there, um, wrecking a bunch of people. It was it was a horrible, horrible race. Yeah, and then Tony Rochette was with you with David Flowers, and uh, they got caught up in a wreck uh, from a particular driver who's been wrecking Tifosi drivers all week, is what he wrote. Yeah, all three of us uh, were in that same wreck, um, and I think I was the one that was able to to get out of that with the least amount of damage. All right, and then uh, Mason, tell us about your run as well as Brent's. <laughs> well, I had a good setup. I qualified P1, and uh, and Brent uh, P2. Or no, Greg P2 starting, and uh, Brent started P4. So I led the first 30 laps or so because they were literally we restart caution, restart caution. And I, f- I finally decided it was time to pit because Brent was behind me, and he duped me into going down pit road, which then put me in the back, got an accident trying to go three wide into turn three, you know, then just kept trying to repair that, had three minutes optional, uh, repaired most of it, and I finally got back on the lead lap with 20 to go, and came from 28th to finish 16th, but uh, Brent got the win, P1, at the end of the race. Wow, so that that's was two. Good race. But yeah. that's two wins, right? Yeah, and the other thing that sucked at the start of that race is for some reason I lost I lost, I had I had a CPU usage problem, so I went into the pits on the first caution to go to the back of the pack cuz I was blinking in front of everybody and I couldn't figure out why until I started shutting some stuff down for the CPU issue problem. So I had to work my way from the back of the pack there uh while Mason and uh, Brent were at the front and I think I went to the back four or five different times in that race just because of wrecks and damage and you know ba- I battled back for a seventh place finish all right and then uh Sunday night I, I got a p11 uh I don't really remember exactly what happened in that race but a p11 sounds like a good race to me I had just rushed home from Phoenix International Raceway, where I was out there for the weekend for the Xfinity and the Cup race, and uh, we camped in the desert, and I slept in a tent, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, so really enjoyed NASCAR uh, over the weekend. Uh, uh, Mason, you got a P22. Yeah, that wasn't a fun race. Uh, I hit everything but the pace car, and if I could have hit it, I would have. I was coming back for a good top 10, but then got caught up in a wreck on the front stretch. So, P22. All right, and then David, you got P11. Yeah, I just managed to dodge all the wrecks. There was, it, was, it was a wreck fest, and I just lucky enough to get around them all that time. All right, uh, let's move on to Homestead. Uh, Wednesday yesterday, uh, I wrecked out, and I took some people with me, and I even know who they were. I should have taken time to apologize. I was livid. Uh, my wife walked into my room here where I race and interrupted me, and that's to say it nicely. Um, but she interrupted me enough where I was going down the back stretch, and I turned left into some guy and caused a wreck of about three or four cars. And uh, my day was done after that, and I was just not happy. So uh, that happens. It's happened a few times in my iRacing career. Knock on wood, that's only... Uh, it's it's only been a couple times, but it is irritating. I tell you what, uh, Tony, you ran a you got a P six. 
after being seven laps down, not not you, Tony, I'm at Tony Rochette. Uh, he was seven laps down at one point and made it back to the lead lap. Now, does that tell you how many cautions there are in the low, in the bottom split of NIS? Um, he got all seven back and uh, ended up P6. So great run, Tony. He's always good about just staying in it and getting his laps back. And he always seems to lose them early for some reason. But uh, let's move on to last night. Uh, now, this is a full distance race. So it, it has been a long one, especially to run both of them in the same day. I got a P7. Good run. I ran as high as second, got shuffled back a few times, but always came back up through there. And that's what I was really impressed with myself about. I was able to start in the back and work my way up within, a, you know, 20, 30 laps. Uh, now, in the race with me was Nim Cross, who is our chief steward in iRacing. He was actually racing in the race with us. And uh, at one point towards the end of the race, uh, a guy up front got booted and, and wrecked out, and he started to complain. And the moment he said one single cuss word, I see at the top, Nim Cross has removed so-and-so from the server. And he got booted by Nim Cross, who was a driver in that race. And, That's uh, awesome that he yeah. paid, that he could just do it while he's... <laughs> on trying to race. Yeah, we're under yellow, and he, we're just rolling around, and he just boots him like it's a hosted race. And so that's the first time I've been in an official race where somebody gets booted. That does not happen unless you have a iRacing, you know, official in there, I guess. And so everyone was on their P's and Q's. I think everyone was aware that he was in there. You know, and we were all careful to race and be respectful and not cuss. But one guy apparently didn't get the message. It's good to see that it's possible, though. Like where, the, you know, if we're, there's this, you know, talks about live admins and stuff. You know, maybe it, it might be the way to go for these races. You know, I think logistically that's impossible. But for him to come in and, and run the race with us and see how it goes and see who is the problem and that kind of thing. I thought it was nice. I, I think it's good to have iRacing involved. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, David Hall, you got DNF. You got totally caught up. I saw it in front of me. You were in the same event as me, and uh, you couldn't miss it. He ended up leaving. He had to oh, go. he left. Yeah, he, was, uh, he had bad luck as usual. Uh, and then today, Thursday Open, uh, Chris Scale says P14. Uh, didn't qualify, ran in the back, uh, raced the next 75, uh, running fourth, lap car, newer tires, lost it off four, overcorrected, and came up into him. And then David Hall uh, wrecked from the lead with 20 to go under pressure when he was squeezed by a lap car. Yikes. But he was in the lead there. Let's jump into uh, final thoughts. We're running late. Mason Stiver. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm... I'm kind of like in homestead i didn't think i was going to but uh but i like the the cup car at homestead so i'm excited i got my new fanatec club sport v 2.5 wheel so uh you trying that out and having a blast boy new computer new wheel i mean you're going for it yep credit cards hurting yeah mine too i'm if like i said before if i was in, not in recovery on my credit card i'd be buying a wheel myself all right tony groves final thought yeah, well, I on the on the computer topic there, I've been kind of having issues with mine since I 
switch to the uh, to the bigger uh, graphics card, and turns out my 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 cooling sucked. So I've done some upgrading, and I'm just waiting for the for them to show up. Should be tomorrow, so I should be able to install them and and get ready for tomorrow night's race. I plan on uh, battling the the bottom split tomorrow night. Full distance. All right. Greg Hector's final thought. Uh, I'm just uh, excited for this week's race. I'm hopefully get tomorrow night's in. Um, uh, I also I haven't been around much. Uh, I only get one race a week now with work. Right, just getting used to my new job. Um, I was just gonna ask a, a community if uh, I've been still researching it, but um, if there's anyone out there that could uh, help me, I'm having problems with. CPU is, uh, usage issues where the bar goes all the way to the red on the, the CPU part and it shouldn't be um, you know I'm running a Ryzen 2700 you know one of the better CPUs that I can run and I got a decent graphics card nothing's changed it's just some stuff's going crazy for me when I'm racing and it happens just for a couple moments and then it can either ruin my race or I can luckily survive it but sometimes it's caught me where I've gone around the track and not completed a lap because it didn't track me. So if there's anybody out there that can trade, turn me to an article that shows me what, if there's something I can do to rectify it, but I should have, I should have, my PC should be powerful enough not to have any of these problems. Start turning stuff off. I mean, antivirus, especially anything that you see running in the little taskbar that doesn't need to be running, you know, stop it. That's what I would say. It's some something else on your computer's turning on and running, and that's what's causing the problem. And so you got to figure out what that is and stop it. All right, I'll look into it. Yeah, good luck. That's a tough thing to find. All right, my final thoughts is uh, wow, our reader, our readers, our listeners uh, have gone up. We uh, surpassed uh, ten thousand downloads within the last ninety days. It's a number that podcasters look at. Uh, they, they look at how many downloads you have in 90 days and, uh, we were right at 10 grand. We've been at 10 grand before, uh, it went down quite a bit to 8,600, uh, and it does fluctuate, but it's on the, it's going up again. And so, uh, we appreciate o OBRL who's helped us, uh, get to that number. I think uh, a lot of their involvement and their social media exposure has helped us get some more listeners and, uh. Uh, you know, we're looking at our listeners to share the podcast. Get it out there, guys, and tell your other iRacers about it so we can grow. Uh, and we do appreciate that. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.